Ah, yes, the nobility of the starving artist. Fact or fiction? Is it real or a falsity? A myth, a misconception about creativity that has been repeated so many times that it has become embedded in a negative mindset that discourages people, dissuading them from choosing to pursue a career in art. Well, stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2141, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG Bros, will be doing a deep dive into that subject when they answer the commonly asked question, is being a starving artist a noble person? on the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast and thanks for joining us today. It's great to see you. In this episode, we're going to be answering a question submitted by Alejandro M. from San Jose, Costa Rica on our Ask Us Anything page at our website, thecgbros.com. Is being a starving artist a noble pursuit? That's a really interesting question and I wonder why he's asking it. It's probably on everybody's mind. Well, thanks, Alejandro, for your question. And by the end of uh, our time today, uh, you'll have learned what a starving artist is and why they came to be called starving artists in the first place. You'll also find out why many artists think it's a noble pursuit to be a starving artist, or at least look and act like one. Uh, And there's several reasons for this, and we'll get into those. And of course, you'll hear our professional and personal takes on why this romantic notion of or persona or lifestyle of the starving artist is probably an outdated one. Oh, by the way, make sure you stick around uh, until the end of the podcast where the CG Bros will be recognizing one of our Video of the Month winners. The Video of the Month winner is uh, based on a video that outshined the rest of the videos on our channel in a given month, and it got the most views within that month, so we'll we'll be highlighting that. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston. The other? And, to, to, and together we are the CG Bros. <laughs> so let's go ahead and uh, get started. Uh, so as, as you might know or even suspect, you know, life in the arts has never been a quick path to making a lot of money. Uh, sometimes it's, it's pretty much the opposite. Um, but, you know, it seems to be more the exception than the rule. Um, you know, I remember when I was younger, uh, I used to, you know, hear some of my teachers or some of my friends say or some version of, you know, you can't pursue art as a career. You'll you'll never earn money, make enough money to make a living, you know, or something like you should pick a career that's more stable and secure. Um, I've even heard people don't want to buy art anymore. That 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 was pretty interesting. One. That's pretty but, sad. You know, I, but I believe that stuff. I believe some of that stuff. And you know, it's been my experience that most people, you know, think nobly or, or have a romantic, almost a, a whimsical view of you know what we call the starving artist today. And uh, you know, somehow starving artists are uncorrupted and. They're primarily controlled or driven by their artistic spirit that, that comes in, uh, from their heart. Uh, uh, and, you know, once a starving artist becomes popular, does he become a sellout? You know, that's, that's one thing that uh, starving artists are, are really concerned with. And, you know, one qu- another question would be, should creativity and art be a vehicle for commercial gain? Or should it just be completely, you know, separate from the marketplace in order to keep its purity? Um, you know, so, you know, what is a starving artist, Sean? I am. Just kidding, just kidding. I'm not a starving artist. No, uh, I was at the beginning. Well, well so I mean, was I, actually, yeah. A, a starving artist, the phrase, right? We hear that all the time. Even today, it's weird. Yeah, what, uh, what is the idea of it? Well, the history of it is a moody, erratic, impoverished soul dedicated to painting in, a, in spite of the of lack of recognition of his work. Uh, throw in a dose of uh, clueless business person and the picture becomes unattractive, right? Uh, in the past, we call those people bohemians uh, and is practiced, uh, you know, by those bohemians, an unconventional lifestyle, kind of like a gypsy or vagabonds, wanderers, adventurers, 
it's more of a lifestyle. That's kind of what, what I always picture when I hear the name Bohemian. Even though it's, uh, you hear a nice song by Queen, uh, it's not really, it um, uh, doesn't have a really good, con- good connotation for, or the opposite, I should say, of capitalistic or you know, artists that want to make money uh, and generate an income to live. Yes, and and they're not just painters. You know, they're they're poets and they're actors and they're starving musicians or any other artist who basically who lives in poverty. You know, their their life is typically is a financial struggle. Uh, they're undiscovered artists who most of the time uh, can't even earn enough money to to make a living off from their art. So, um, you know, they're painted as romantic. You know, I think the idea of starving artists is, is romantic. I know. Uh, you know, oftentimes they're portrayed as tragic figures in in movies and mm-hmm. in books, and um, and yeah, they're 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 based in uh, on the Bohemian counterculture uh, that sprouted mm-hmm. up in in nineteenth uh, century Europe, and and they eventually settled in Paris, and it's kind of kind of stuck there. So most Bohemians that we that we talk about today are probably the French Bohemians. Yes, yeah, a great a great example in my mind of a Bohemian uh, starving artist musician was uh, in National Lampoon's Animal House. Uh, when the guitarist, uh, actually, guitarist, singer, songwriter, Stephen Bishop was sitting on the stairs and he was singing to a bunch of girls uh, a folk song, I Gave My Love a Cherry. And then John Belushi is walking down the stairs in his toga and stands there while he's singing uh, that song and then grabs his guitar and yeah, smashes he was it. A, he was a co- contemporary bohemian. <laughs> yeah, smashes it all over <laughs> against the wall a couple times and hands the destroyed guitar back to him and says uh, in his sheepish voice, Sorry. Um, why don't we let me show you that? Here it goes. I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. Kind of looks like William. I've been to parties like that. He's looking around. Sorry. <laughs> that is really a great oh example gosh. of uh, bo- the Bohemians uh, against the 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 bourgeoisie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. What a great scene. What a great scene. Yeah, and the Bohemians, as they were known, they 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 were they didn't live very well, and they didn't eat very well, and they were but they were really passionate about their artistic life, you know, and the, or their raison d'être or a reason for being. Or it's sometimes called um, art for art's sake might might be a good translation of, of that Bohemian creed. But on the surface of it, it sounds like a pretty good idea, you know, art for art's sake. I mean, why not? That's what true artists do, right? Yes. Um, so why why do you think? Artists think it's a noble pursuit to be a starving artist. Why, why do they? Why do they cling to that kind of persona? Gosh, you know, I think it's just a, like you said earlier. It was a romantic. It's a romantic view of of uh, their art. Well, so, they, so you get the, it's one way to get the girls, right? Yeah, it's a one way to get the girls, right? Right. Just <laughs> yeah. like well, especially musicians, right? I mean, that's yeah, kind that's of true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But you know, there's a great insight from an artist entrepreneur um, who said. His name is Pat Frazier. And he says, uh, let's ask ourselves, should we describe creativity as a vehicle for commerce or something entirely divorced from reaching the marketplace? Is the concept for uh, art for art's sake an exercise in futility or a noble pursuit? 
the whole thing looks complicated at some point. Yes, and for Bohemians in the 20th, 20th century, art for art's sake was solemn creed, and they looked at it on the surface. It appears as beautiful and a cherished idea. And the argument uh, is that we as creatives, and you and I are creatives, shouldn't create works for functional or commercial purposes. Rather, we should create those works um, worth creating uh, just for the enjoyment of it. And come to think of it, what kind of creative would openly confess his or her desire to make a huge profit from his or her art? That, that in itself sounds ultimately greedy, right? And looking well, it sounds at, like the argument right? itself is, it sounds like it, you know, artists shouldn't create uh, work that's functional or commercial, but instead should just be creating art because, you know, as an end to itself, basically. Yes, and looking at it from the other side, what designer, musician, or writer wants to be ignored or irrelevant? Who doesn't want his or her work to be discovered? Tell me, is your, is your best work not worthy of public attention or praise or even compensation? And, you know, from the, above the, those facts, the real problem with creative is not about the fear of compensation or discovering our work, rather the underlying fear tormenting many of us, including me, that is that we care too much about the monetization or business marketing of our works, we will end up losing the beauty and glory of our art. This is a, a very myopic way of thinking and an irrational one that contributes to the notion of the starving artist, the myth that has kept so many people of talent locked away in the illusional world of art purity that only breeds poverty and self-limitations. I totally agree with Pat. And, and delusional. Illusional and delusional. And delusional. Yes, I, I think as you're younger, you, you tend to believe, and I, did, I think I did this too. Oh, gosh, just for art's sake, I love creating CG an animation and modeling and texturing because it's, it gives me such great pleasure. That's what I want to do. But then the bills come. And you got to start paying for your family or yourself and the food's there. <laughs> you're not getting the food. So you have to start thinking of it in those terms. And when you're younger, um, I have to admit myself, I thought those things. But over time, you start to mature in a way um, and it changes. It just changes. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, the, the idea of the Bohemians have, have gone, uh, the romantic side of it anyway, is, is traced back to as, long, as far back as 1849. In a French play called Scenes de la Vie Bohème. Whoa. Uh, it was the first piece of mainstream art to, to really take the general public and uh, to, to, to illustrate what, what a Bohemian was. It, it, was, a, it was a pretty well known uh, uh, play, and it, it, it just basically educated the public on what the Bohemian counterculture was. And that really got its, it got its foothold as a romantic kind of thing from that point on. Um, so it can be a noble pursuit, uh, and it can be a commercial pursuit. Right. Well, yeah. There's some truth, yeah, behind. Well, I don't know. As, as tragic as it sounds, there, there <laughs> are some artists need to suffer for their art for it to be good. You know, the, I don't have to do that. You know, but I think we all do that now anyway, because I've, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of refined my my skills. But you know, in the beginning, we all have to suffer. We all are, you know, are tormented in some way because you know we're trying to build our skills and we're not as good as we want to be, and we have anxieties about our art, and we have you know doubts about our art. How good are we? You know, we don't get a lot of feedback sometimes and so a lot of times we're in our own little world so you know it, it it's good to suffer a little bit in the beginning because it, it really allows you to, to to choose you know your artistic direction you know uh yeah and, and if especially if you're looking at somebody you want to emulate you look at what they're doing and if they're that person's you know in poverty or they're not they're not you know living the way uh, you would like to live. I mean, I would assume that most people would want to at least pay the bills and be able to eat. But, uh, you know, if that's holding you back, 
just look at the people that are actually successful in your lives that are doing something that's similar that you want to do. There's so many places to go online now, uh, you know, and how, how not to be a starving artist and thrive. So, you know, it, before self-publishing became popular, even for books and for our authors, uh, you, you know, now it's so it's so you can self-publish. There's thousands of people out there right now that are that are not necessarily having to go to a publishing company and you're you can self-author and make a good living as a writer, whether you're a painter, illustrator, musician, sculptor, whatever you are. Yeah, and I think the underlying fear for me anyway was that I, I in the beginning it was the case that I I think I cared too much about uh you know making money or or you know getting doing my art for a business. Um I was afraid that I'll end up losing, you know, if I do that, I'll, I'll end up losing the beauty and the glory of what I was doing, you know, the pure, the pureness of my art, you know, in a, in a sense. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, handle every, I wanted to touch everything. I wanted everything to, to, to be, be perfect. And I thought, you know, if, if I had to worry about the business side of things, then I would be, my, the art side of things would suffer. I still think it's a stigma. I, I really do. I, I, it's still there underlying it because I think there's still a lot of people let's say in different, you know, the um, STEM fields, they look at art as, as uh, you, you can't make a living off that. It's, you know, they don't even know that you can actually make extremely uh, good living off of, of art. And it's, it's, it's exploded to a point today where you can just, you can be, you know, in the middle somewhere and do be average and still make a decent living doing it. Uh, you, you still, you can still spend, you know, the so-called 10,000 hours mastering something. Uh, you, if you do do that, you'll be so good that people cannot ignore, ignore you no matter what art it is. Yeah. So, and a lot of what creatives fear uh, as well is, is not, is not really just getting their work discovered is, or even getting compensated for their work. They're, 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 they're like me. Uh, they just don't want to get, they're not like me now, but they, they were like me initially. They just didn't, don't, you know, they don't want to be bothered with the marketing side of it. It's just, they want to be artists. They don't want to get, you know, they don't realize that art is a business. Um, a lot of people have and, that problem. It, it's kind of an irrational fear really. And, and that's, that's what I realized after time. And that's, that's kind of why, you know, we decided to start CG bros. Right. And I know initially you didn't want to get into, you wanted to stay in your other job and didn't want to get into um, animation and CGI at the time in video games because you didn't, you want to look at me, right? I mean, you, what was you, you were looking at me, hey, can I, can he survive? <laughs> right? Well, it was, a, it was a new business, new industry, and uh, it was cutting edge and bleeding edge, really, uh, at, at, in, in a lot of places for you, I recall. And I, I, I know you had jumped through several different studios initially at the beginning of your career. And I, yeah, I wasn't sure. It's right. Art can't pay. It wasn't, it wouldn't pay the bills. And I wanted to be sure that that, that was, you know, before making it, that, that was a career, a career move for me. Right. In all, tran in all transparency, that did happen to me. I did um, lose my job. The first job I got out of, I was in property management when it, and got a job doing uh, Nintendo games, uh, doing as a pixel artist, I think I referred back to one of our podcasts, uh, do, push, pushing pixels. And about mm, month into that job, month and a half, the company split apart and formed another company. And I was sitting there locked out, couldn't even get it at my computer. And I had, or I had left my previous job and now I have no paycheck. Um, I, didn't have any way of sustaining myself. So I had to go back 
Luckily, they took me back into property management, which is something that I didn't want to do. I would always been an artist, like I told you before. Well, at least you had a fallback position too. That, Thank God, something. right? Yeah, yeah I, exactly. that I could get back into something to pay the bills. Because I just been, I was just married, newly married, and it, it was, it was a, it was a time, boy. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of creatives do fear you uh, not not getting paid, and that's a, that's a valid fear. But I think you know it's it's normal to, to 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 feel like that, especially if your skills aren't developed. You know, and 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 you know, can I make a living being an artist? It's it takes dedication, and and I you know I won't lie, it takes time, effort, uh, you know, a lot of patience, um, and, and just a just a, a desire to to keep keep moving forward and and uh you know it's it's difficult though you know when you start doing art for a living it, it's hard to kind of maintain your uh, in some ways your creative integrity um or your inspiration as an artist because you're you're really not working you know you're working on someone else's art you know and, and so it, it takes a little, little bit of adjustment when you get into the because a lot of artists are they're they're, they're used to making what they want to make they 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 paint what they want i mean the ideas come from their head and and from their from their heart and you know, when you, once you actually get a job doing that, you're not doing that anymore. You're you're doing what they want you to, to the art they want you to make. That's a good point. And so, a lot, I think that's a disheartening for a lot of you know people who 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 are aspiring to be artists who are just getting into the business. They they find out that they don't get to do a lot of what inspired them to get into art in the first place. You know, they might as a core as a core uh, you know as a core skill, but but they're not creating their art. They're creating someone else's art. Well, what about if they want to just do art for art's sake for themselves, you know, have the day job that does, you know, a artistic position somewhere in film or, or, you know, video games or, you know, graphic, you know, graphic design, you know, those kind of things. Or um, maybe, maybe they want to do something like a short film on the side. Maybe they want to paint, maybe they want to sculpt those kind of things they can do on the side. Uh, and continue having that that good feeling, uh, you know, that you get when you do art, uh, mm-hmm. the freedom that you feel, the the power, almost like you're you're a creator yourself, as a, not a not God, but a God in your own mind, is you're creating something uh, either in the computer or in you know tactilely, painting, physically painting or sculpting. Right. Well, I think more more creatives these days would actually, you know, if we were to ask them. They'd confess to wanting to make as much money as possible from their art. I mean, look at look at Mike uh, Winkleman, uh, who's formerly known as Beeple. Uh, what is it, last year he sold his uh, his NFT, a non fungible crypto token. Mm-hmm. He sold a set of of NFTs, uh, or rather, an NFT of a set of his digital collages that he created for sixty nine million dollars. Wow, that that's a that's a pretty nifty trick. That it actually positioned him among the top three most valuable living artists um, today. Well, that, so. that's. The crypto, the whole crypto uh, thing that's exploding. Yes, you're right. That that's uh, another thing that people can get into and start making money off of their own art. Uh, yeah, that's 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 true. Well, we we may have a, a podcast uh, that outlines a little bit more how artists can can do that. Uh, and, but uh, but say, let's great. say there, there's so many opportunities today, especially with in, in that area. Yes, and so let's let's talk about people who who are just getting into art and they want to do a bit do it as a business. What what should they be thinking of in order to not be a starving artist? A lot of a lot of things that they would want to be doing is is first of all find out what people want to buy. That's you know one of the reasons why many artists fail to begin with is because they have because of narcissistic reasons. They just want to create art for themselves, 
And, uh, and that's leave. fine if it, that's fine if it's just for fun. You know, if you're doing mm. it for fun, yeah, knock yourself out. That's great. But it's funny because there's a lot of people that believe that people should just buy their art because um, they made it. It's, it's it's a narcissistic view. It's an unrealistic view. I'm not saying that you can't have your own style that you want to pursue, but if you want to pay your bills, you have to find out what people want to buy. If there's no market for it, you're just going to be painting, painting, painting. Great, great, because you're getting a lot of skills. But wow, you get, in my opinion, I think you should go and look for what people want to buy. Look at what uh, the competition is doing. Uh, what does that mean? You know, does that mean uh, just make good art? It means you're, you're not special. Well, you can be special. There's, but believe me, there's nothing that you can do that no one else can do. So there's a lot of talented people out there. So the competition is, is, is heavy, depending on what you're going into. Is it saturated? Is a saturated artistic market? Whatever you're going into, where you you have to eke out a uh, you know living. Yeah, and starving artist. Uh, the, the idea of a starving artist, anyway, is it's it's just antiquated and and it's kind of a cop out to me. It's it's kind of like having a victim mentality, uh, you know, and that that's proven to be counter counterproductive. It just it breeds self limitation and it just it kills the creative process and puts a huge roadblock roadblock in in the way of of, of your personal creativity. Um, you know, we can do art without being poor and, and, and secluding ourselves to, to create amusing, uh, 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 amazing uh, pieces of art. But, you know, we need to like, live in the real world. And, uh, you know, living in a fantasy world doesn't get you anywhere. So, um, you know, just so you're saying So you're saying that someone has to understand, have a, ba- a basic business mentality or an understanding of, of, of today, modern day marketing, right? Well, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna do it for more than just fun, if you want to make a career out of art, then you are a business person. You just don't realize it yet. Uh, there's you you need to. I mean, as, as important as doing your art, there's the the, the business of art, uh, of selling your art, of, of getting the attention and the recognition that your art demand you know deserves. You you got to get out. You got to put yourself out there. You can't just your art isn't gonna you know sell on its own. You know, no one's gonna discover it you know, hiding in your in your basement somewhere. No. Uh, that's just a, a pipe dream. So, you know, it's it's just not help, helpful for artists to think that you'll just be discovered. You got to get get out there and sell it on your own. You got to let make people know that you're you're there. It's not necessarily, and we've talked about this before. You know, who you know in the business. It's who knows you. So unless you unless people know you, you know, and they're not going to know you if you're just you know secluding yourself and you you know you're some master artist, you know, in your studio and and nobody sees your work. Uh, you know, use money as a means, not a master. You know, you don't make art to to make money. You don't need to do that. But, but the but when you make money, you can make more art, and that's that's really I think, you know, the the crux of it. Um, right. And some tips too, besides you know understanding just modern day marketing, uh, you know, Facebook ads, YouTube ads, Google ads, uh, get get. Use use today's modern marketing because it's all so much of it is well most of it's digital. You just pick a couple platforms, you know. Use social media, start a website, promote yourself, promote yourself, sell your art there today. Especially now, you know it's interesting. Uh, I was reading that a recent um, study conducted by an organization uh, found that twenty two percent, twenty two point seven percent of art buyers are finding designs and artwork through social media today. And that was in 2016. Uh, the same study found that only 20% of those art buyers are finding paintings and other, other work through museums 
and and 15.9% are using galleries when they're buying art. And now with the you know COVID lockdowns worldwide since you know 2020, many galleries and the fairs and auction houses have been pushed uh, online and at at warp speed to survive. And after the first lockdown, uh, 2020, COVID had uh, had had uh, the art world basically in its grip. Um, I think there was a, about a survey of about 795 galleries from around 60 countries that were impacted by that and had to close. So those those um, uh, galleries uh, shrunk by more than a third compared to 2019. So today it's just it, it's it's everybody's online and and now they're seeing this massive art sale explosion, uh, huge amount. So uh, before the crisis. Uh, mainly uh, the, the internet is mainly used to show, showcase art, uh, art sales were basically negligible and, um, now the art market online, you know, only accounted for 10%, but the first quarter of 2020, that skyrocketed to like a 30%, 37%. So it's huge. Yes. And some people there's, I mean, there's so many new avenues that you can, that you can do to market yourself. Now it's, it's there's no excuse not to do it and every reason to do it. You know, one, and one thing that's, that's kind of, you know, I just wanted to throw out is you know some people have a preconceived notion of what an artist should look like you know what they what they should dress and how they should act and uh, and I, I even kind of alluded to that a little bit in a past podcast where I was talking about you know becoming a commercial artist and when I went to interview that guy and how he didn't really meet up to my expectations of what I thought an artist was but you know we hold in our minds a certain ideal or a caricature of kind of what a creative person should look or act like and and you know, as individuals, we're putting unnecessary obstacles in our own paths to discovering art, as as you know, as well as killing some of that magic of creativity that art art provides. Um, you know, creativity creativity comes from all socioeconomic levels, and just because some artistic artistic idea comes from a more obscure place doesn't you know make it any better. Yes, and if you're going to pursue art uh, to make a living, there's a ton of resources today. Uh, online, of course, work, uh, a great website called workathomeadventures.com has a huge list of around 50 websites for resources, as well as selling various types of artwork, digital and traditional. There's, uh, uh, you've got, uh, gosh, there's so many 3D models. There's got traditional painting, creators of, of film, website templates, illustrations, vector graphics, um, jewelry, even sewing and knitting. So there's a ton of things uh, art, art related that you can be selling today online and, and enjoying what you're doing at home and making money at it. So I, I would highly recommend going to that. Again, it's uh, home adventures, work at homeadventures.com. Uh, for example, some of the, some of the great ones on that website is uh, Satachi Art, and it, it builds its, bills itself as the world's leading online gallery. And price range of their available works online they're, they go from $125 to all the way up to 100000 And they've got a lot of things that are like uh, on um, consignment. So you can make percentages. Um, you know, they take a percentage of, of the sales. So, and they'll do the promotion for you. They'll, they'll uh, p- push the, the, the uh, art for you. So there's a bunch of different places on there. Excellent. Do you have any last words uh, before we get to video of the month? Uh, gosh. Um, hmm. Let's see. Uh how about this? Um, maybe it's no pressure. Uh, no pressure. Okay, no, then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be pressuring me into it. No, I didn't mean to. No. Okay. No. I, I I I would just say that uh, you know, we we talked about you know 
keeping your art hidden and and not being you know wanting to market yourself and hoping it'll be discovered and what a mistake that was really keeping and hiding your creative genius away from the attention and recognition that it it's worth just really ends up killing the quality of your creativity and 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 of your work in the long run so you know, if, if there's if there's a problem that you're having with with you know showing people your work, you need to get over it because you know, in my opinion, why, uh, art is like wine. It's it, if it's if you like it, it's good. Right. Yes. And lastly, I will say something. Uh, another Pat Fraser quote: If if you have if you have that starving art, artist mindset, now is the time to cut that nonsense out. It will never do you any monetary good. Charge. Charge your worth so people can take you seriously and give you give that starving artist BS concept the big fat middle finger as you start making money doing what you love. Love oh, it. We'd like. Oh, go ahead. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's that's good advice. I I I, I have to say, I, through experience, I've learned that's that's the truth. So uh, we'd like to go ahead and, and get started. Uh, we want to show you the video of the month, uh, and the video of the month is is our way of recognizing the videos and new media producers that are making their mark in their craft and today we're recognizing this amazing short film first step that uh, received 70,000 views as of today on our YouTube channel. Uh, fantastic job on this short film uh, that was June's video of the month created by uh, Team Render. Uh, that's Dong Yup Lee, Jun Yun Choi, Young Suk Kim, Minkyu Lee, and Mina Oh. It's a visually beautiful video. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, the earth the emotions of leaving the earth and going to the moon it captures that emotion, the vastness and beauty of the universe. I, I definitely agree with that. It was great. They, they did a really great job. I've got a couple images of that from that, if I can uh, show those. If, uh, that's yes, permissible. and I'd love to see it. Very good. I shall do so. So this is uh, one of the, you know, kind of the opening scene of the film. Uh, and, and, you know, one, one thing I have to say is the lighting. Yeah, the lighting's great. Is in here is just superior. And it's well mm. worth taking a look. And it, what's really nice about this particular video is it has the making of uh, attached to the back of it. So I, I'd really, you know, if you guys can, can check it out, definitely do so. You'd be doing yourself a favor. Uh, a lot of the, the realism, uh, the, the, just the, the, the shadowing and, and the realistic models and the texturing. I mean, look at the ground down there. It's really nicely done. Yeah, it looks a, it's a, that rocket looks very realistic. Almost the uh, Men in Black. Almost yeah, looks as good as the Men in Black that. scene. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And here's uh, the rocket taking off. Beautiful effects work uh, in here. They really paid a lot of attention to the detail and the physics of, of what's going on uh, with the launch. It's, it's quite wow. really impressive. The fire well is beautiful. The fire yeah, is and, beautiful. And the, uh, as well as the rocket separation. Uh, halfway through the video, uh, they do a rocket separation, which is a, just a beautiful sequence uh, on its own. Uh, yeah, the de the details is is you can tell they they just they paid so much attention to the detail here. Yeah, the re I'm not sure what renderer they use, but it's just gorgeous. A lot of a lot of beautiful reflections and the the, the this really subtle shadowing. Um, yeah, the texturing is is really good as well. Yeah, but look at that texture work on the glass, just gorgeous. Yeah, attention to detail, beautiful. And then the final scene where the uh, astronaut lands on the moon, and this was this was basically uh, a uh, a piece that that, that focused on uh, the emotions that are that basically focused on the idea or the realization that most a lot of people aren't going to be able to experience uh, 
the, the, the sense of leaving Earth and going to the moon. And so the, the, the whole point of this video was, I think, to try to kind of capture that beauty of the vastness of the, and, and the, that, that emotional uh, connection that, that you know, we're not going to have. Only maybe people of the future, maybe my sons will be going to the moon. I don't know. Yeah, Probably, they did a neat, they, not me. they did a neat uh, thing in that uh, uh, film as well where they sped up uh, the, the the centrifuge, not a centrifuge, but the, one of the things where the, the astronaut was in their testing facility mm-hmm. where they'd sped it up and uh, really well done. I love when people do that and make it look like somebody's just speeding up the film. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's really well done. Check, check it out. So thanks for being with us today. I think we're out of time. Uh, we appreciate Alejandro, you asking us the question, as being a starving artist, a nodal pursuit. We really hope you came to understand the bohemian roots of the starving artist, artist ideology and uh, the lifestyle, and as well as gain some insights as to why people think being a starving artist is a noble pursuit. And we hope you enjoyed listening to us as much as we enjoyed uh, having you here today. Uh, we discussed uh, not only what a starving artist is, we talked about the notions and ideals that established the bohemian counterculture movement. We also talked about why some of the perceptions of the starving artist, as romantic as they are, are probably on their way out, and and for a good reason, uh, by Amen. the way. And uh, we also gave you our personal insights on uh, how having a starving artist mindset can be detrimental in today's world. So just drop it. Just drop it. <laughs> just drop it. We'd like uh, to ask you to share our podcast with your friends and family, especially if you enjoyed it or found it valuable in some meaningful way. Of course, we do a brand new episode of the CG Insider podcast right here every week. And we discuss uh, different topics relating to the business, the art and the craft of CGI, animation and digital effects, as well as other interesting and related subjects that come to our attention. You can submit your ideas for a podcast in the future or shoot us uh, your questions for this podcast or any other by simply leaving us a comment below. Um, You're watching us on YouTube. Please leave it there. And if you're listening to us uh, uh, somewhere else, uh, head on over to our website at thecgbuzz.com like Alejandro did and just... Go there and and leave your question there. We're looking forward to seeing you back here next week uh, for next week's podcast. We'll be answering another great question from a listener that's actually related to our podcast today. What kind of, uh, what's the flip side to this? How do successful artists think? We'll see you next time. Yeah, we covered the Bohemians and now we're going to cover the successful artists. That's perfect. That's great. Looking forward to that. See you next time. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Bros answer to the question, is being a starving artist a noble pursuit? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please give us a thumbs up. Please be sure to leave a comment too, because we might share your comment on a future podcast and mention you by name. Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. If you haven't yet subscribed to our channel, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Subscribing is free. If you're listening to us on our audio-only version, please leave a comment and download the file. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy and download the audio-only versions on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you're listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, how do successful artists think? 
This has been episode 2141 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.